Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grow With Us. My name is Evan Barton, and I'm your host who helps create conversations with the innovators and leaders of a growing tech center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The Grow With Us podcast highlights in Tulsa talent's work, abridging Tulsa talent with tech opportunities and the revolutionary work around the city. In Tulsa's mission is to connect talented individuals and companies to stimulate economic growth in Tulsa and to create more prosperous communities across the region. Each episode, Grow With Us discusses the growth of opportunities, the growth of communities striving for change, or the tech and innovation that is changing the landscape of Tulsa. On this episode of Grow With Us, we are in conversation with Trey Chagrin, the founder of Skill Fund. We dive into his journey to Tulsa and his decision to stay and Skill Fund, a program for 18 to 21-year-olds to develop a creative skill. Trey, thank you so much for being here. It's so great to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, this is going to be a great episode. Um, we were just talking about right before we recorded, but it is raining super hard. Um, and it's actually kind of pretty. It's raining uh, sideways like it like it does here in Oklahoma. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Um, but we're going to get into a uh, great conversation with Trey on this episode. I'm really excited. So, Trey, go ahead and uh, jump in with uh, your story in kind of whatever way you feel comfortable. Yeah, sure. Um, so I grew up in a tiny town in Oregon. And, um, yeah, just was interested in creative skills early on as a kid. Um, was was kind of creative, hated school in a way. Um, kind of a typical, you know, teenage fashion. Mm-hmm. And by eighteen, I left home and I've uh, been traveling around the United States for the past eleven years. And I guess nine years now because I landed in Tulsa two years ago. Um, yeah, I've just been traveling a lot uh, and experiencing different cultures in America and. That's awesome. Wait, where have you, where all of you traveled? Kind of give me a little bit of a ranking. Sure. Uh, ranking. Tulsa doesn't have to be at the top. You can be honest here. <laughs> Tulsa is at the top now, um, <laughs> to be honest. Um, mostly the West, so all the Western states. So Washington, Oregon, Idaho, nice. California, Wyoming, Nevada. If there's a park, I've probably been to it. Okay, there's, big national park person. Yeah, I just grew okay. up in the nat- in nature a lot, being okay. in, in Oregon, and you know, literally chased waterfalls. Um, yes, and then jumped in them. Um, <laughs> and then I've driven across the country sideways a few times too. I lived in North Carolina for a bit, and okay. I've been all up the Northeast, and um, been to New York several times. Uh, I think the only major city I haven't been to is Chicago, strangely enough. Wow. So I feel like I have to. I live in the Midwest. Oh, so. yeah. That's so, yeah, it's so funny. People like think of Chicago is like the quintessential Midwest city, I guess. Um, but even when I visit there, I'm like, the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same with Oklahoma, too. I'm like, the Midwest. I'm not sure if I know what the Midwest is, honestly. Like, no I, one does. Yeah. People also say, like, Ohio is the Midwest. And I'm like, okay, that I understand. <laughs> Just because, like, I don't, I've been to, I've only driven through Ohio, I think, once or twice. Stayed in, like, Columbus for, like, a hotel. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. All of these places are kind of, we're not, we're not really sure where they get their, their feel, but we're, that's kind of what we're trying to do, at least in Tulsa, is make you understand what, yeah. I don't know, the Midwest or whatever we want to call this is. The, the best one I've heard lately is the Heartland. Oh, I love the Heartland. That's, That's my great. favorite way to describe it, too. Yeah, Because we're like the, I mean, not to say <laughs> dust off my shoulder. This is the heart of the nation in a way. If you think about anatomically, I don't know, we are a little bit south to be like 
if, if the United States is a body, but the heartland feels right. Yeah. It just feels yeah, right. It feels right. Follow the heart, you know? Oh yeah. And and you'll land in Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that's, I love that. I love the story of travel just because I, I really do think that it kind of lends itself to multiple different experiences. Um, I mean, nature, obviously getting to see different geographies. Um, I've gotten the pleasure this past couple of months, I guess, to explore lots of different areas of the country. My, nice. I just recently vi- visited um, the Bay Area yep. and I was kind of like, this is really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Not like in a super uh, like... Um, I guess shock and awe way. I mean, it's California. Everybody wants to be in California for some way or for some reason. Um, and I think geography is one of the reasons. So yeah. um, it was real. It was kind of cool to do that. But um, I think it informs a lot of like what we do day to day and kind of what we value and things like that. So traveling is is really awesome. I'm glad you got the opportunity to do that. Yeah, for me it was um, context building. Yeah. So. I think one reason I really enjoyed Tulsa is because I had a context of many different areas of the United States, yeah. from cities to small towns to medium cities to different types of people, different types of work, having a car, not having a car. And coming to Tulsa, I was able to experience and view Tulsa through that lens. Yeah. And I think I adopted Tulsa quicker as the new home because yeah. of that experience. That's awesome. And I love it. No, that's great. Let's kind of jump into that too. Like, yeah. what's your relationship with Tulsa? I mean, you you mentioned two years. You're about at your two years. I think you said that on your interview. Yeah, he was on six. Yeah. You were at your two years. Um, but kind of tell us your Tulsa story. How you got here, and how have you seen it change? Yeah, the easy answer is through Tulsa Remote. So I was reading articles on LinkedIn that popped up there uh, almost three years ago. I think when I applied, and. Just thought it was a very interesting program. I was already doing something similar to that. I was working remote and moving to different cities. I was like, yeah, someone's going to pay me to do the next one. (laughs) Let's do it. So it was initially an experiment. Like, let's go live here for a year, which I think is very common for pretty much anyone that comes here. They don't know anything about it, at least in a direct level. So, uh, yeah, just picked up and moved here um, from Boise and immediately was just having the time of my life. Um, I, I didn't really have to change much about my work at all, just the time zone was different. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I got here, I knew I wanted to buy a home to live in it long-term. And that took me about a year, a uh, year and a half, bought a home. And yeah, the the thing I say a lot is like, the $10,000 was really nice and really attractive up front it's mm-hmm. like no yeah no brainer i'll take a risk and move here but you get so much more value out of it you get what you put into tulsa and not just tulsa remote but tulsa community in general yeah tulsa remote was a great accelerator it was a great spark for a social life but my friendships my network has grown well beyond that in part due to that but also just because the the energy and effort i put into tulsa and it's cool to see a community return that energy back at you. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I that's the that's the type of sentiment that I hear from lots of Tulsa promoters and it's obviously reigning true for a lot of their experiences. Um and I and I love to hear that cuz you know kind of my connection to Tulsa is obviously I grew up here and so I have a, a just a different kind of taste in my mouth when I, when I left and kind of understanding yeah. it to be a certain way and you know kind of having that um Every uh, there's this like thing on Twitter right now of like uh 
uh, it's saying like gay people have the right to like hate their hometown or something like that. <laughs> and I, you know, I relate to that in a lot of ways, except I don't hate my hometown. I'm obviously working in a, in a strong effort to um, embolden it and empower it. But um, it's, it's interesting to be live in contrast to the memes a little bit. That's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I love that the, everyone has this like different experience with Tulsa, whether it's, um, you know, kind of the community giving back or, or you realizing that this is the community that you want to invest in too. I mean, yeah. all of those, like the opportunity to do that is something that I'm, I'm hopeful is a unique asset to the city. Cause I don't, I, mm. I can say that, you know, you can't necessarily go to New York and immediately make an impact, but there are some people that are able to do that. Mm. And it's just, I feel like there's a, a broader chance that you might be able to do that in maybe your specific thing here in Tulsa. And, and I feel like that's kind of what Tulsa Remote has helped a lot of people that move here explore. Yeah, it's a great place to start and then also a great place to stay, Yeah, which is weird. You know, I think you either get one or the other. Yeah. And for me, it hit home for both. That's awesome. It's a good runway too. So, um, so if it's been two years, you moved here in August or so of 2020, mm -hmm. right after the pandemic started. Yeah. That's yeah. so interesting. Yeah. That's actually like, right. We moved here about the same time. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was the way I say it was like Tulsa was probably the best city to be in during the pandemic because mm. you had precautions in place. You had we also things were still happening like the city works well together with yeah. itself um and that was really visible through the pandemic was everyone was adapting to the pandemic and to different people's needs which is really mm -hmm. cool to see because i have a completely different need as a single living by myself remote worker versus say like a family yeah and it was cool to see the community adapt and allow those people to still continue living their lives and I was super grateful for that. I wasn't expecting that. I was just yeah. like, I'm just going to work from home for a while again and maybe go out and see people occasionally. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was really adaptive. That's awesome. I'm glad I'm glad to hear that experience. So you were kind of talking about um, communities and, and things like that. So kind of what do you feel like um, or what are some of the communities in town that you got involved in? Um, the... The biggest one is probably 36 degrees north, which is funny because Tulsa Remote gives us access to that for now three years, which is incredible. Yeah, that's great. To me, that hit home because there's a lot of uh, local entrepreneurs there. So people of different walks of life and people who are making physical products, people who are selling services, people who are building SaaS platforms. And for me, that was the type of people I connected with the most at first. And mm -hmm. that's where I kind of made my first local friends. Yeah. So that was a big community there for me. I've been involved with a couple high schools now lately of for like career day or mentoring. And that's been really cool to be a part of, kind of get more ingrained in like, okay, what does other parts of life look like here? Yeah. I moved into, when I bought my house, it's in Owen Park neighborhood. And that neighborhood has been so welcoming. And one thing that's, I think, pretty well known over there is the Tiny Porch Concert Festival. And yeah. so I was able to host one and get connected with you know, mus musicians and artists in that area. So that's been really cool to see as well. Yeah. And I love, um, I'm glad you mentioned Tiny Porch because honestly, like that community has like 
really grown over the past couple of weeks. I mean, the Tulsa Creative Engine and all of those folks yeah. are like launching this music festival, yeah. which is awesome. I'm like, oh my gosh, Tulsa has a music festival. <laughs> yeah. And a good one too. You got good yeah. artists. I love Tulsa Creative Engine's like motto. I don't know what you call it. Philosophy of culture and arts being the undercurrent of a tech yeah. culture. And it's so true. Like, you can come here, you can say, hey, it's low cost of living and you can like build your startup and grind. <laughs> it's like, I don't think, you know, not everyone's interested in that. We, you can kind of come here and yeah, low cost of living is a feature, but we have culture here. Um, we have artists, we have, and they're accessible. Mm -hmm. You go to a big city, which is awesome and it draws large artists, but are they accessible? Yeah. Are they with the community? Do you see them at the next party you go to? Do you see them at a restaurant? Um, yeah. And you find that here. Yeah, which is, I, I think I think that's an awesome point too. And actually I've been listening to um, the Fire in Little Africa like uh, yeah. soundtrack or I guess uh, really their first album that's on Spotify. And the song that I think is the most popular is called like Shining. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the first lines in that is that I can't, I'm not sure, I haven't completely matched which artist <laughs> is doing what verse, but um, I, he says something like, I'm up in Tate Brady's kitchen, um, which is kind of a reference to them being in the the old Brady mansion that now yeah. they record in. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I just a quick, plug to go listen to that album because it's got a lot of Tulsa history yeah. in it and um, R&B and, and hip hop music is such a really cool art form of like resistance and yep. uh, also and history and all of those things and I bring that up because it is kind of all connected to what you said like it being the undercurrent of culture I mean this is what that is a culture of Tulsa or an element of Tulsa that um, we've talked about on this podcast a lot too, but just the the black excellence that was in the city a mm -hmm. hundred years ago prior to the massacre. And that is kind of being revitalized in a way. And mm -hmm. it should have been revitalized a lot sooner on. No, no one's, no one's saying that this isn't, this is only appropriately timed. I, I think it's appropriately timed because it's actually finally happening. Yeah. It's sticking. Yeah. 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 So it's, um, I love hearing that. I was going to ask you one more thing about 36. Um, did you do, um, a million cups presentation. I did, yeah. I did one of those. How it, was that? It was great. Um, I am not a public speaker, surprisingly, and, until like three weeks ago. Um, and it was a great way to practice in front of people. My biggest fear, public speaking with like something that I created, something I founded, was how it was received to people who didn't know me. Mm. It's mm -hmm. easy, you know, friends is always the easiest one, but even colleagues or even people I just knew randomly would receive it well because they already knew me. And so Million Cups gave me a chance to go in front of people and talk to the community, present, and then have questions. Yeah. And there were some really good questions asked, and it felt like a conversation. I felt 10 times more confident after that. Yeah. Because the community, someone I didn't know was there, heard it, asked the good question, and I felt seen. And so yeah. amazing platform that's so cool yeah I, i've i've been able to go to a couple of those days and i i feel like people get off the stage with a big smile on their face sometimes because mm -hmm. it's like you know no one is there asking you the critical question of like oh well how are you going to raise revenue and how is this going to blah 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 it's it's more of a, a, re, a it's kind of like a reciprocity type of thing where you're going up there asking for something and people are giving it to you and sometimes they're even offering help they're like yeah oh i actually know how to do this if you like need some help yeah here's my card like yeah that happened a couple times which yeah. is which is awesome i mean that is the way kind of going back to what you're saying about like building things it's it's how you build 
together and and yeah. you're not just building something in a silo or building something in your little uh, at your little desk at your co-working space yeah. because most of the time or not most of the time but sometimes someone might be peeking over your shoulder to like see if they can help you and not like obviously not stealing any ideas that's <laughs> and it, it doesn't work like that <laughs> it lends itself well towards that kind of collaboration exactly I would say. yeah yeah so it sounds like um in one more thing about million uh cups did you is that when you pitch skill fund yes okay yeah, cool yeah let's kind of talk about that cool. and you don't have to give us your pitch but you can tell us kind of <laughs> what uh, tell us about the program tell us about skill fund yeah so skill fund is a program aimed at helping young adults so 18 to 21 is our first range of uh our first cohort we're launching um this cohort in october it's a 90-day program it's free we have 10 spots open and we're giving away grant money. So we're giving $1,000 to each recipient that's chosen. That's to help these students. Uh, I'll back up a little bit. <laughs> we're helping young adults learn a creative skill and then land a meaningful job. Mm -hmm. And so this grant money is given away to help lower that barrier to help that transition happen easier especially if you don't have access to money or even a computer. Um, so that's the the biggest thing I think we give away, but we're also pairing them with a mentor who is at least closely related to their skill set that they're going to choose. Um, it's also a good structure for young adults to learn something new. Yeah. So it's a self-paced, self-learning program. And it's built that way because we want to see what young adults can do when they have the freedom and the runway to pursue a skill. And we are also blessed with the fact that we have amazing resources online at our fingertips that are free or low cost. Yeah, And it's really just a way to help these young adults accelerate their professional journey, especially if they can't go to college. No, that's awesome. I, I've heard I've heard about this program before, obviously, um, but it's <laughs> from you. <laughs> and I, I mean, it, it just it's it's such a great opportunity. I have like so many people in mind from my network that I'm like, you need to go do this. <laughs> yeah, go go figure out how to get involved. Because yeah. um, I mean, gosh, what would I have done if like I had if that was something that I had access to as a kid, like or you know, right after uh, right after high school? Because yeah. I think something that I kind of lament a little bit about um, actually going to college is that like it feels like the the pressure to make a decision is accompanied with the pressure to like decide your major and all yes. of that stuff. And there's like it's not even it's like a sometimes a thirty forty thousand dollar decision every time you make it or yeah. whatever. It's it's terrifying. At least. At least, exactly. Thank God our student loans are getting uh, a little bit of a break. Thank God, alleviation. A little bit of a yeah, a little bit of alleviation. But um, no, I think I think I I love the mission behind this because truly, it, it's kind of tackling two major things for me that I am just really passionate about, like either breaking down the barriers or like finding alternate ways to mm -hmm. to figure out. But um, one being accessibility and two, like networking and, and understanding how to access and utilize a network. Yeah. And um, I don't know what you call it, like beneficial networking, like, yeah. like intentional networking, I should say. Exactly. Like it's not just hanging out or going to meet random people. It's like these people have two interests that that work well together. Yeah. Let's, let's make that happen. Well, and, and 
the third thing. I'm just going to keep coming up with things. The third thing is structure. Because mm-hmm. honestly, um, something that like I, in kind of my own entrepreneurial journey that I went through when I was starting my own podcast and things like that was I was like, how do I even like, this is a creative thing that I want to do. How do I fit this in with my like nine to five or, you know, mm-hmm. my my way of uh, creating a life for myself and, and getting money because this creative thing is not making money immediately, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes it, it doesn't yeah. and, and or it takes a long time for your, um, it, it depends on your creative skill, I guess. Like in my instance, it was podcasting yeah. and you've got to, you've got to put in a lot of work for podcasting mm-hmm. to be, to become like a really money making venture for you. But, um, you know, the consistency of a structure is going to help you get there faster than, you know, just doing X, Y, and Z whenever you feel like it yes. or whenever you think about it type of thing. Yeah. And I want to encourage young adults to think about skills from different angles. Mm-hmm. So, you know, think about, can I create a podcast that can be utilized in my job, right? In a way, you're getting paid to podcast at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is a very interesting route to employers too. So one thing that's really important for this program is it has to be rooted in current world opportunities. Yeah. And so we're having conversations with employers all the time to say, what's open? What do you need? Show me your job descriptions. Help me craft a channel for these young adults to find a meaningful job. And that alone helps provide structure. It's like a North Star. It's yeah. Like, hey, if you learn how to do audio engineering, recording, podcasting, this employer is probably more likely to hire you because they do a podcast a week mm-hmm. and they need help with X. And so just by highlighting those things is already working phenomenally. That's awesome. No, it's it's interesting. Something that I found out like through working, I guess really like a professional job or whatever is that um, one thing that I always said, like from college that <laughs> I don't know if my college would love me to say this or whatever, but I really felt like, uh, the major thing that I learned in college, um, that actually helped me in my professional life was like being a, being really involved in my extracurricular activities or like being a leader yeah. or things like that. Um, I was involved in like this gender inclusive Greek house and, um, we, I was like the vice president and that was like project management. That was, um, that was basically keeping track of a budget. That was so many of these like random skill things that I was like actually really glad I got those yeah. experiences because I wasn't going to learn that it, like from a professor, basically. That was the real world experience that I got. And, and some of those things are actually fun. I mean, obviously that was for like the, the reason we put in all that work was so that we could have fun and, and structured fun and things like that. But um, that's also like, exactly or not exactly but it's like pretty applicable to work i mean for sure project management and and understanding how to execute on like uh a bylaws which are essentially like your kpis and all these things yeah like, yeah it's all kind of connected yeah you had external factors you had other people involved you yep. had a timeline just just going through something from start to finish and having an outside influence is it's something yeah. that is super valuable. Yeah, which sounds like that's what you're emulating with this program, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's kind of talk about what's your inspiration for starting this program. Sure. Um, I was that kid for a while. I wasn't able to go to college. I wasn't able to secure the loans. And part of that's my own decision, and part of that was my inability to secure loans. So it's not that I couldn't go to any college. 
I didn't put in any effort to go to to apply to colleges when I was young. I applied to one college, got in, got a scholarship, but then we still couldn't secure, my family couldn't secure the loans to go there. And I was like, well, I'm just gonna go anywhere else. (laughs) (laughs) And so this is really like, I really have young Trey in mind and I've seen myself and many other people throughout the last 11 years working in the creative industry. Mm-hmm. And have it's been on my heart and my mind a long time. It's been I've been mentoring people for 10 plus years. And this is largely in part due to that struggle that I had. And I was like, there is a few things we can do to help alleviate so much of those barriers. Yeah. And it could be financial, it could be relational, it could be uh, you know, opportunities, it could just be awareness. And I'm trying to harness all of those into one program. And really the reason it's happening now is because Tulsa was such a catalyst. It was such a good space, a receptive environment, supportive environment to launch this program and also finding a place that I wanted to invest in long-term. This was a way for, for me to do that now. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'm getting inspired. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I mean, just like I said, I, I'm I'm really in really interested in trying to figure out ways to break down these barriers of like um kind of things that i felt like were a challenge for me and in kind of understanding what i wanted to do and yeah i i feel like i'm really early in my in my journey and understanding what i want to do and i still like when i talk to my sister who's right in that age age range i i mention to her all the time because she's like i'm not even sure if this thing that i'm doing right now and i've been doing for two months is like what i want to do yeah and i'm like I don't know either. I, I <laughs> yeah. hope you know that. And that's okay. It's so okay. <laughs> and it it's I I want to I want her to have the access to opportunities that don't feel like you're putting all your eggs in one basket yes. or that you know it's not a safe place to fail because you know if you think about all of the things that you put into this mm-hmm. just to even be committed to something for x amount of months or weeks or whatever it's like it's so final like or it feels so it just puts a lot of pressure on you yeah. to like perform and to do all of these things. And I'm like, I was lucky to have those opportunities where it didn't feel like I, it felt like I could fail safely or I could explore creatively all of mm-hmm. those things. And I, I want more of those opportunities to exist for people. So I got to figure out ways to, to do it, to, to eat, or maybe even to just support those programs yeah. existing. So yeah. here I am, I'm on your team. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Nice. Um, so one thing that I know as a element of the of Skill Fund is that you have a an awesome collaboration and partnership with Kip Tulsa. Do you mind telling us about how that got started? Yeah, it really got started by just meeting Raquel Wilson through a mutual friend. We were actually just sitting down for coffee to kind of share our vision for what we want to do and it aligned really closely. And Raquel is the director of development at Kip Tulsa, which is a charter school. And they're fairly, like they had their first graduating class. And so they're fairly new. And so it's it's exciting time. And it's, it's a slightly, it's like a different angle on how to educate. And so there's a lot of crossover there. And so the way we're partnering is that Raquel is basically becoming a liaison for Skill Fund and helping spread the program around and give awareness and and sending it to her network through Kip Tulsa. She is also 
on on the individual side, she's also doing a workshop. She's on our committee for applications, and she also has a, a published book on personal finance that we're integrating into the program as well. And um, it she's just a model of someone who is invested in the community, and also a model for how Tulsa functions here. Like she's in a position of influence, and she's using it really well. And I'm honored that she would, you know, share this program with Kip Tulsa. And yeah. I'm excited to see where that goes in the future too. No, me too. That's so awesome. I was going to say, because um, I saw this was also part of the news, the news segment that Kip Tulsa like had just done their first graduating yeah. class, which I was a little bit confused on because I was like, wait, now that I think about because Kip, uh, I went to Booker T and Kip uh, yeah. is basically like in our backyard yeah. at the school. And I was like, I remember them being just a middle school. So now they're a high school now. Yeah, yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. It's kind of funny when you start a school too, if you don't think about that inaugural class where yeah. if you start someone in middle school, you don't have any graduating high school for five, six years. Yeah. Well, and it's like when you leave middle school, it, I mean, you're 14 or 13 yeah. or whatever, you're like, you're about to tackle the biggest giant that you know of as of yep. as of your life, which yep. is high school. And yeah. so it's interesting to like maybe leave a place um, where you felt really connected to a staff or whatever. And, and that to kind of change for those eighth graders or that first graduating class, they've now been with the same people since six, maybe they were 11 years yeah. old, which is awesome too. Yeah. And that, that's also another part of why Skillfund exists is, because you have these chapters in your life, like you said, it's the biggest thing you face at the time. Mm -hmm. Like you go from elementary to middle to high school, and then at eighteen, in most like scenarios, you're just kind of left on your own. Yeah, and it's ironic because you're not equipped to be on your own yet. Yeah, and um, a lot of people graduate high school, and it's like, well. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, you should know what to do now, right? <laughs> right? We've been teaching you for 18, not even 18 years, for like 14 years right. how to do life. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's it's like make a decision that's going to impact the next, you know, 10, 20 years of your life now as a 17-year-old yeah. or just be on your own. Yeah, or just go take out $60,000 of debt and then try to figure it out then. Yeah, yeah and pay it <laughs> off for 20 years. Yeah, yeah it's I I, th I love that that's an, the, the age range is right on just in terms of like impact because mm -hmm. I, I mean, that's something that um, my mom also really loves working with this age group of like a right at 18 mm -hmm. or she, she was a high school counselor for a really long time. And it's such an opportunity zone. Um, there's 100%. so there's so many ways that you can impact someone's life at that age because in a lot of ways, they might be looking for, I, I think the number one thing people are looking for is guidance. And mm -hmm. that can come from so many different, uh, I think, spheres or influences yeah. or, or wherever. It can be, you know, you can be influenced by or guided by where you're working at at the mm -hmm. time, where your part-time job is mm -hmm. or like where your... Um, where you might be going to college or, or X, Y, or Z. There's so many people that can really spill into your life or pour into your life, I guess. Um, and you're going to get the chance to do that with a lot of, with at least 10 lucky kids. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> um, so kind of another, um, sorry, something else I wanted to kind of bring up as uh, it seems really integral into the story and especially about skill fund was the builders and backers program. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of give us a little bit, um, have a background on what you know of the program and kind of how it helped catalyze this project for you. 
Yeah. Um, I had a few friends that went through this Builders and Backers program, which is an idea accelerator. And so they give you $5,000 and they give you mentorship and it's a 90-day program, essentially. And the idea is to take it, take an idea and put it into action, get it into the real world, test it, try it. And that was also part of the catalyst for getting Skill Fund started. I was able to integrate that into the Builders and Backers cohort for summer 2022. 2022 yeah. and um yeah it's a great program and i actually learned a lot through this program about how to run my own cohort which yeah. is kind of meta you know <laughs> and it's a great program i've had friends that applied and have gotten in for this next cohort actually just recently and it's a really cool thing that's happening in tulsa no yeah. that's awesome I, I also know a couple people that have like gotten involved with builders and backers and it seems i think one of them um, was able to do like an art installation or mm -hmm. or something like that. And um, it, it seems like a really uh, direct way of kind of mentoring people that want to be mentors too. Yeah. There's so many opportunities for like professional development, but um, one that gives you money is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, so put your money where your mouth is. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, you want to do this? Here's $5,000. How about you go try it out? <laughs> yeah. It's like you really, also it's like if I was an 18, 19, 20 year old, and you're saying you really want to help me, then listen to my needs. And money, it's not always necessary, but it really shows that you're invested yeah. in helping them take it into their own hands. That's that. I love that you brought that up because I think that that's something that um, it, it's it's so interesting to try to figure out what are the challenges that you know eighteen to twenty one year olds face, and kind of what do you see. Um, as some of the challenges, like uh, we just mentioned yeah. money, but what else do you think um, like Skill Fund is able to kind of meet uh, these folks where they're at? Yeah, that's that's exactly what I, I say, actually. We, we meet people where they're at and then we challenge them accordingly and give them opportunities based on that combination. Yeah. And it's, a, it's really important to listen to where they're at, but also some people don't know where they want to go or don't know what they want and that's okay. Yeah. And so a lot of things I run into is I just want to learn something creative. Tell me where to go. You know, <laughs> what, what should I be interested something in? Something creative. I yeah. love it. <laughs> Which is totally cool. And it's kind of nuanced, right? It's like, I want to be told what to be interested in. It's a weird mm -hmm. area. And so one thing I do is I just point them to some resources that are really easy to start on. Say, so just go and try some things. Just do the easiest thing possible for these things and try them out. And then they start to develop certain interests and they get more of a context. So that's one way we help people is just awareness. So exploration is part of the program. We want you to explore different skills and test and look at it from different angles. Another part is mentorship, so guidance, so so intentional guidance. So having an expert who's actively working in the field, giving you feedback on what you're pursuing as well. It's more like, it's like a North Star. It's mm -hmm. like, or like the wind, like the wind in the sail, or you're the wind in the sails, they're like telling you where, you know, where to go in the ocean, basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're the coxswain on a rowboat. All these analogies. I <laughs> All love these it. terms. Yeah, <laughs> those are the main ways we really help help them. I think, and that that combination is what is is uh, why it works so well. No, oh, that's awesome. I and I I think you're right on the the challenges are numerous, and vast, and nuanced. And I, I think the first step is listening too. You yeah. know, understanding yeah. where these people where these folks are coming from and. Um, figuring out how you can help. I, I think that I also was that same person of like, I don't even know what to be interested mm -hmm. in. <laughs> yeah. How do I like, like again, like explore an interest. Yeah. Like um, it's something that you would think 
you know, with technology and kind of the day and age that we live in, that it's easy to like explore an interest. But I, I think that there are certain environments that like might uh, discourage that or mm-hmm. even um, your life situation like might not allow you to explore anything comfortably because nothing in your in your life is comfortable yeah. necessarily. So getting and, that opportunity is awesome. And it's dependent on the needs too. So if you want to stay in Tulsa and you want a tech job, our ecosystem is still being developed here. And so the ability to have a remote remote job is very interesting to a lot of people here because they want to stay around their families, but they want a good job as well. Yeah. And although we are building more high quality jobs here, the, the market isn't fully matched yet. And so this allows for people to stay here. Yeah. That's one specific need. It's like a lot of people are stuck between endless amounts of overwhelming information like the whole internet right how do you choose and then on the flip side extreme pressure around picking one major yeah and we're trying to be in the middle of that somewhere and help you know narrow down where to even spend your energy yeah and coming through resources too and and being that guide that's it's so important um trey this has been an awesome conversation (laughs) thank you so much is there anything else you'd kind of like to talk about and or add in and I don't know, maybe ways that people could stay connected if they would like. Yeah, if you're interested in SkillFund, if you know someone, go to skillfund.co. Applications close midnight on Wednesday. So I don't even know if it's going to be on. No, we, we'll, <laughs> we'll be past that. But okay. maybe yeah. maybe, um, maybe round two will be yeah. coming up. <laughs> yeah, so there'll be future cohorts. But also if you're an employer who is hiring entry-level positions, please go to the website and reach out to me. Um, I'm always looking to carve paths for these these future students. Um, if you're listening from outside of Tulsa and you're interested, just come visit or apply to Tulsa Remote if you're a remote worker. Like, <laughs> like get out here and check it out. It's re- it's actually really cool here. So yes, awesome. Thank you so much, Trey. I appreciate uh, your time, your energy, and all the work that you're doing for yeah. Tulsa. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on this episode of Grow with Us. Um, for our listeners, join our talent network to stay in touch with our future jobs and opportunities at Intulsa by visiting talent.intulsa.com. That's talent.intulsa.com. By joining our talent network, you will get access to our newsletter where you can stay up to date with our latest career advice, featured opportunities with Intulsa partner companies, and our placement success stories. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to be notified when more episodes of Grow With Us are released. Let us know what you think about how we're doing by rating and reviewing. Huge thank you to our editors at Rant9 Production and Jesse Ulrich. This has been Grow With Us. Mm-hmm.